Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of Life is No Coincidence, The Life and Afterlife Connection, The Living Spirit, and my soon-to-be-released book in the trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which share stories of awakening, spiritual communication, healing energies, miracles, and ways to go within to utilize intuition for a clearer view of life in its multidimensional aspects. And today I am most delighted to welcome Dr. Winfried Sedoff, author of The Friendship Key, as he offers insights into ways to honor lasting peace through united communities, stronger relationships, equality, and improving life for all. Hello, Dr. Sedoff. Hello, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Winfried, as listeners of the show are well aware, my guests and I share intimate insights and views on the dual nature of life, our spiritual energetic components, as well as our human condition, always shedding light on evolution and how we can awaken to our thoughts, our actions, and how we're influencing the world and universe. Of course, it's becoming aware of this higher consciousness and self-investigation and mastery of our emotions uh, that we can become responsible as citizens, as citizens of greater energetic force. I know that is something you are very interested in also, how to improve our communities and create a world of harmony and peace. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Winfried Sedoff will show us how the disconnection from our intuitive source or guidance system has harmed personal relationships, fueled competition, and a need to keep up with others rather than go within to discover our personal needs, goals, and strengths, and has created many negative emotions as a result. Greed, hate, envy in the political arena, as well as in everyday life. Friendship is therefore the crucial element to bringing balance and love into every interaction, professional, professionally and also personally. Winfried, I always love to ask my guests, because this is a, this, this is a very <laughs> challenging question, but important question. I'd like to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have shown them or others what they might find valuable in pursuing in their adult lives. For often, I believe, the story is already written within us and we are on our awakening journey to find the truth about who we are and what life's all about. So think back. Yes, look, I've uh, already done a lot of that stuff. So for me, uh, I consider it almost my whole life. If we're going to be honest about it, it's about the whole life and how it has actually played a role in who who we become Mm -hmm. and what makes us actually search for that inner sense of truth. So that was certainly true for me as well. So... So growing up, I am an immigrant, so I came from Germany and then grew up in schools in a country part of Australia, and um, it wasn't that long after the war. So at that time, Germans weren't exactly considered very friendly type. 
So as a kid, I had a few problems at school, as you can imagine. I started fitting in for a little while, but then after a while, became a bit ostracized. And I think that pretty much contributed quite significantly to suffering depression through a lot of high school and through university as well. So the book's about friendship, and I can tell you now, looking back and trying to understand how this happened, a lack of friendship and being in a society that really didn't value friendship that much, that wasn't as close and welcoming as often we once were, certainly played a big role in this. Now, my coping strategy for all this at the time was to look into other spiritual ideas, and some of them involved looking into... Well, first of all, I started, I started off as Catholic, and then I started questioning that idea. Um, mm. it, it seemed to be a little bit contradictory. Uh, there were too many flaws in it, and it certainly wasn't giving me any sense of peace. So then I started looking at um, other alternative areas, the, what we consider now the more spiritual views and I mm. came across a few authors who I found interesting they were interested in astral traveling telepathy clairvoyance all of those kinds of interesting ideas some of them were interested in, in Buddhism so I started looking a bit into Buddhism um, but then eventually I became a doctor um, became very busy and realized at the end of all of this even after I was about to become a do my specialist training that I was really unhappy still there was something missing that was really important that I needed to sort out and I wasn't going to find it by from psychiatrists. I wasn't going to find it by talking to other people because all my beliefs and everything that I had kept me going for so long, I found weren't working very well for me. So I decided to do something rather radical. I took some time off and resigned from my training position as a specialist and basically sat myself in a unit in Sydney, a rental property, and only went out every two weeks, sat down on a bed, and decided to look inside myself to see if I could find an overall sense of connection with all things, mm. a sense of truth. And I sat down there for a while and you had to face all my fears and all my emotional pains and all those other things. But eventually, um, after about, over about a two to three month period, I actually found kind of what I was after, that connection that I was after. And it's the foundation of that coming out of that that helped me to understand, okay, well, what is the essence of humanity? What drives us to do all this? Um, how can I understand humankind from a personal point of view? So the way I looked at that was to say, okay, well, what are the sorts of feelings? Let's look at feelings to see if we can understand feelings. Let's look inside them and try to actually explore them and see what they're about. And I asked the simple question, what is the basic feelings that make us up who we are? It was very hard to work it out because if you look at feelings, there's pretty much an infinite number of feelings, mm -hmm. but, which makes it very difficult. Um, but I kind of found a way. Um, I just broke it down into extremes because within two extremes, there's usually an infinite number of variations within it. So I looked for the extremes. What are the extremes we have? Well, one of them is fear. Fear is pretty much there all the time. Um, and either it's just very mild that it keeps us alert or it's so extreme that it terrifies us. But then the other one I found was, well, fear doesn't do the job in its own because it doesn't really motivate us. It can stop us doing a lot of things, but it doesn't, say, make us want to eat. So I learned that the main things that seem to drive us are also motivations, desires. And that became the key, because once I understood that, then I could understand so much about what we feel, what we think, what we do, and our connection to ourselves and to the land. And, of course, I grew up in the countryside, so the land became a big thing for me. And on a spiritual level, it helped me quite a lot to recover from who I was. Right. Well... You know, when you're talking about emotions, yes, there is a gamut of emotions. And I believe as souls having a physical life, 
that's exactly what we're here to do. We're here to experience every emotion from the negative to the positive or blissful joy. And I think almost every experience and interaction is dealing with going from fear or some form of negativity to wanting to feel comfortable in life, in our body, in our relationships, and moving towards uh, more positive emotions, happiness, joy, and peace, and love. So, 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 yeah, you were a sensitive soul and a boy, and you were put in a difficult position. Because, you see, my grandfather was from Germany, too, and he was an immigrant in this country, in the United States. And, yes, the German people are seen as not as warm and bubbly as certain other cultures. Uh, I never knew him because he passed before I was born, but my father inherited some of those qualities, and uh, it didn't yep. make it... He, he was a doctor also, and it didn't make it him. It's so easy for him uh, to be very comfortable in a lot of situations. And what we want for our listeners is to know that the reason you were interested in looking beyond the systems, you know, being a Catholic, which has a lot of yeah. uh, regimentation and rules, and you wanted to find what was in you that brought you joy and brought you well-being, and that is the key, and I think that's the reason we're here. Nothing is yeah. random, nothing. We have a plan. There is a large universal force of creation, and, and, and whatever you call it, you call it the divine universal source, God. It really exists, and it is guiding us from the time we begin our life here. And many of us are finding our way forward to that lasting peace or happiness within. Because yes. it, can't, it can't be found in the world. The world is That's not exactly going right. to give it to us. But let's go on. Let's jump ahead now. So why did you write this book? Well... It actually became a bit of a stepwise process because, first of all, I mean, I deal with a lot of patients who suffer anxiety. So I've been treating, I do a lot of counseling and therapy work. And um, what I was trying to do is get an understanding a bit of how our depression worked. So the step was trying to understand depression from that desires point of view. What are the desires involved? And I came up with an interesting little uh, way of understanding this, and that is in terms of human beings were kind of made to survive out in the natural world. All right. For millions of years, we've pretty much been tribal people who lived among a group of friends who were really closely connected with each other. Okay, And that was really important for who we were. So friendship was what kept us safe and secure and gave us that warm and fuzziness. It made us feel good to be around people who cared. So that was a large part of who we were. Now, what I ended up doing was looking at it from the point of view as I was seeing a lot of mums, a lot of single mums in particular, really struggling. And they were spending, say, a lot of time with with their kids but maybe not enough time with their friends or uh, maybe they they didn't have time for themselves I've asked a lot of women do you get self time and the often answer was are you kidding I don't have the time I'm way too busy for that and yeah. yet that's the time when we do the self reflection yes and they're struggling for balance in their exactly. life and, and they don't have the support system as single mothers very often and, and it's a sad condition throughout the world because family is so important if you don't have perhaps a husband, perhaps you have 
grandparents or you have sisters, siblings who can be part of your family and help you a great deal. But let's face it, raising children is a very challenging situation for many, many people. They're not prepared for it. And and what happens during those first seven years of your development either guides you into feeling that you're safe in the world and and will help you develop um, a strong psyche and and sense of uh, joy and happiness within yourself, or the opposite. And and there's a lot of failure going on in the world. Completely. And this is this is what we're hoping I'm, that people are going to begin to feel what you felt at some point. That there was an emptiness in your heart. There was something more. Yes. There was your soul. There was your spirit. There was an energy of complete love and compassion, which is not of the physical world. It's of the yeah. spiritual world. So you and I and over 700 people that I've interviewed on many different topics all lead back to the same topic, that we are one. We want to be unified. We need yeah. to work together cooperatively. We have to stop yeah. this doggy dog mentality, which we're seeing now work out politically throughout the world. Because people are, as you and I, we found it, but they're seeking it on a conscious, a collective level right now. And I don't believe this is random. I think it's a spiritual evolution that will bring us forward uh, with great healing for the world. But we're going through some difficult times to get there. Now, yes, you have a vast knowledge of the situations of disconnect in the U.S., Australia, and many other countries. How did this yes. come about? How did your interest in this? Because I'm not a very political person, and this is not a political show, uh, but the last five years when I started to see this disconnect and realized that social media was damaging our children, I was a former um, elementary school teacher many years ago. I've had many careers and now I'm an intuitive Reiki energy practitioner and author but but I started to feel that the world was going in the wrong di- direction and I started to pay a lot of attention to what people were saying and I realized that I would say over the last 40 years many of the politicians have taken us in a direction that is not best for the world at large uh, their reasons may be personal. Their reasons may be collective. Uh, perhaps political parties are changing, just like everything else, and there's divides there. But as I say, this is not a political show, but it is playing a big factor now in what's unfolding. So we do have to address it just a little bit. Okay, uh, or, so yes, tell, absolutely. Just a little bit. We're not going to go heavy <laughs> into that because, uh, you know, uh, we're going to get a lot of... Uh, Flack from the network on that. So, so uh, tell us about what you started to see in the USA, Australia, and other countries. Okay. Well, everything you've described is quite true. I mean, what we're seeing here is now a world, and this is what I see even in my practice when I'm working, yeah. is that we see a world that is more disconnected. It's more, even though we've got more technology to connect us, on a personal level, we're becoming less connected. Mm-hmm. And what is interesting in this is why we're doing this. And I wanted to know why this is going on. Why did we get the inequality? Why are women treated so poorly in our society? And why has that been going on for so long? Mm. Okay, why, why are we putting 
um, people last? Why are we putting making profits so important? Why are we always going to war? Why do we keep making empires, which we've been doing for thousands of years now? Why do we keep doing the same mistakes and doing them over and over and over again? Because every civilization that has come out has done the same thing. They've created, they've created environmental problems, they've gone to war, they've created empires, they've created massive inequality, they've created massive poverty. They've all done the same things over and over and over again. Only this time we've taken it to such an extreme that the environmental danger is now threatening our survival mm -hmm. and the wars are getting to such a point where we can actually wipe everything off the planet. Yep. So if we don't sort of sort this out from the core, from the, where this is actually beginning, which is inside us, unless we deal with the issues inside us that are leading to this, we are going to keep running over that edge of the cliff. And after a period of time, it's going to be very hard to pull us back. So I agree with you. We're already you... there. I mean, yeah, well, that's we're it. We're, we're, We've got the parachute. We're at, we're at the tipping point. We've got to do it, and the time is now. And the, we, yeah. will, we will, I hope, and I'm very hopeful that we will. But I want to get on to the next question because just everything you just described is absolutely correct. Because that old saying, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, has been yep. going on since the beginning of time. So what we really need are leaders who have kind hearts, they're heart-based, they're aware of this spiritual connection that every human on this planet needs, and as well as being strong strong yes. in gathering intelligence and strong in being uh, you know fair minded to all people this is what we need this this is this is our way out and now um your question was that you suggested and i i'm not sure how you meant it i'm not going to assume anything but i'm going to say the question that you uh, suggested do you feel after many of these countries including the usa uh, with electing a president who chooses to be a dictator, that the USA has learned its harsh lesson, lesson and will elect a president who is smart, decent, and honest. Now, that's quite a loaded assumption. And part of it the is. problem with the political challenges right now is there is so little kindness or moderation in how we view leaders or indeed anybody or anything else there's too much judgment, too much opinion there's too many invested interests, there's too much money involved so we are right. So we, what have we forgotten? We've forgotten no one is perfect there always needs to be compromise and judgment really needs to be put away forever, it needs to be gone i know we we all have opinions from our childhood we all have little beliefs that are very hard for us to now see in our adult life that they no longer work for us but we can do it we can put aside what no longer works and we can know there's a universal plan and we have to move above and beyond the smallness of the thinking that has been in government in education, in the medical industries. We've got to grow. We've got to grow. Now, in my new book, I just want to say this, because it's coming out February 7th, and my new book is A New Life Awaits. It's very much focused on many of the ideas you have also, guided insights to support global awakening. And when I say global awakening, I mean global healing, global well-being, personal well-being, understanding who, who we are as spiritual beings. Uh, but I don't think it's the economic, political, religious, 
or social stresses of our times that are creating this chaos. But as you said, a separation from our spiritual connection to the universal source. And once that's reignited, the world will heal and move forward. So for those listeners, if you go to my website, CherylGlick.com, and go to the book page, you can read the epilogue that is posted and understand why we have the president, Donald Trump, now who's president, why that has happened, and how we have to live through all the changes that are happening. No one's policies are 100% correct. No one's policies are 100% wrong. But we did have an election. This was the outcome. And instead of fighting each other, we need everybody to come together. That's my opinion. And and that's my feeling, and we've got to move forward to having those kind and good and well-meaning leaders. But we, we can't judge a person because we don't really know them. We don't that's really right. know them. We just know things we like and things we don't like. And no one's perfect in everything, but if some good's coming out of it, it's absolutely part of the divine plan for now. Yeah. And- and absolutely, but and it's true also that the more we learn about ourselves on an emotional level, the more we can understand each other, and then the mm-hmm. more we understand each other, the less judgment we put on each other. So it's about if we understand our emotions and our feelings and how they create what we do and what we think, then we become less judgmental of others because we can see the connections of all these things that have made us who we are. But then we can also see beyond it, which is where friendship comes in. We can start to see which is more important. Is friendship more important or is it accumulating stuff? Is it impressing other people? Is it trying to accumulate power? Which of those is going to actually resonate best with us in our heart and give us a a better chance of creating something more wonderful? Because, look, you're right. I mean, I'm seeing this politically as well, and it's very... It's a horrible thing to see when we see right. so many things right. happening that for it's so you bad. And I, for you and I, as spiritual um, sort of messengers, uh, it's painful. It's purely, purely painful. But we have a responsibility to be neutral and to be fair-minded and to hope and work for the best to come out of it. Now, you said you're not a doctor, not a politician, and why you feel you have some of the answers to change our political situation and other things that have to be changed. Uh, You wrote this, and I liked it very much. You wrote, like many of us, Toby, he must have been one of your clients' uh, patients, didn't know how to communicate in a way that worked. Having having had a, a tough childhood, he suffered more than his fair share of verbal and physical abuse. There wasn't anyone there to teach him how to get on with others in a way that let him feel calm and want to make others want to be around him. Instead, he was always on guard and on the defense. It was like he was just waiting for the next person to attack him, and some did. After a while, we started talking about friendship needs and desires, what people want from us to feel comfortable and satisfied in our company. And the next time I saw him was several months later. I almost didn't recognize him. Gone was the shy guy, hunched forward, trying not to look you in the face. Now he stood tall, seemed calm, and almost had a smile on his face. And I couldn't wait to ask what happened. He said it was simple. All he did was treat people like friends, and they just treated him different than they used to. And there's the whole ball of wax. 
there, 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 there is the game that we must teach all children not to think badly of themselves or anybody else, to see the best in each other. And when we don't like something, because people are on different paths, they absolutely are. They have different journeys to walk and different problems to deal with, and we may not be comfortable for them having to do that, but still we have to allow it to happen and wish for them help from above. I always say, <laughs> you know, spirit help them because I might not be able to but you can. Yes. And, and, and help from within. And from within, yes. Well, from yes. within is our connection to the above. It's the same exactly. energy of the all. So yes. I think that's great. And I, I think you and I are hitting on something today that really is the key to this revolution and evolution all over the world. And we just have to make sure we talk about it. But I, I have another important question to ask you because this disturbs me a lot. Why do you think more white men are, aren't are more vocal in support of women? Why do you think um, that? Uh, well, that goes back a long way, really, because um, women have been treated badly for so long, and white men have had privilege for so long, that they're very reluctant to give up their power. Well, I think it's so, the patriarchal religions, right? Yeah, well, that certainly has contributed a lot. Yes, it certainly may help to maintain their power base. Mm -hmm. But look, you know, I looked back at a lot of cultures and saw that there were a whole lot of cultures, tribal cultures, that actually revered women enormously. Yes, I'm aware of that, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, and so my interest, I was fascinated, how did this all go wrong? And this is where I find looking at desires actually helps. Um, even if we look at it from the simple idea of guys being provided protectors, women being caring and nurturers, and I know some people don't like that idea, but it kind of still works. Um, if we start fighting a lot, then we find the desires for providing, protecting go up. So if you're living in a society that keeps fighting, is always afraid and always in fear, mm -hmm. then the, the role of the man is going to be more valued than the women. So the women, if they're going to get respect and get valued, have to do the kind of the man's role, which is a bit rough, really, because we, like you said before, children are most vulnerable and most of who they become is in the first five to seven years. So if we don't value them enough to spend all that time with them, then the next generation doesn't have the satisfaction and the kindness and the empathy and everything that we want them to have. So if we live in a society that's always fighting each other, always competing with each other, it doesn't then focus on the caring and nurturing very as much. So women who then focus on caring and nurturing don't get as valued as much and they're not going to be as respected. Unless, of course, they take up the guy's role, start being confrontational and well, do all the things the guys do, yes. Let me just say just this. Not yeah, let me just say this to you. As an energy practitioner, I am aware that every human being has both male and female energy. Some a little sure. bit more of one, some a little bit more of another. But we need to capitalize on all our talents and spiritual gifts also. And we must stop the judgment and we must stop this, this ongoing system of denigrating anybody. I don't care if exactly. it's a child, a woman. It's no, been unfair. Right. And you know the way out, what's going to eventually happen? I don't know how long to, it's going to take, but in my new book, I, I went to a conference with Miss Caroline Meese, and she proceeded to inform the audience that we were headed for a global holistic theology, and there would be a merging of God's world and all religions at a deeper spiritual level, and so none of the existing religions would dominate, and we would all merge into one co cooperative mindset 
and way of thinking about each other as human and spiritual beings. And I think that's the way humanity is going to heal these religious misconceptions and no longer be at sure. odds. And I think it's coming. I really think it's going to happen and it's necessary to happen. Now, what would you like, readers, of the Friendship Key? Uh, one main thought to take away with them after reading your book. That friendship is far more important than we give it credit for, and maybe we should all consider putting friendship as a greater priority in our lives, certainly ahead of collecting stuff or impressing others, because the more we do that, the more we can actually change the world from the grassroots up. Remembering, of course, that the people on top are often a reflection of those of us on the bottom, so the more of us who are friends on the bottom, the more people we're going to have on top who are friendly as well. I absolutely agree with you 100%. I want to thank you, Dr. Winfried Sedoff, author of The Friendship Key, for sharing how history can show us how to prevent old and not make new mistakes from happening again, and how through allowing ourselves to open to new perceptions, we can find value in what may have been seen unfavorable at one time. Life is change, and change is ultimately necessary. To read more about creating your own personal world of health, friendship and happiness and transferring that energy out into the world read the friendship key and go to what website would you like them to go to to find your book yeah yeah so just use my name winfriedsedhoff.com so w-i-n-f-r-i-e-d-s-e-d-h-o-f-f.com and um, they can find all the details there. Okay, and also Amazon.com. Absolutely. In, in summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have discussed the role of history, human nature, and human development as we try to understand and engage with an honest and hopeful energy to make sense out of these changing political, social, economic, religious, and often fast-moving social media and technological advances. Dr. Winfried Setoff has offered ways to view human needs and suggest ways to improve self, community, and the world. And the effort boils down first to self-investigation and knowing how to honor our own needs while enhancing life for others. It also involves self-mastery of emotions, which as we discussed throughout the show, range from negative to positive and which we all must experience. Nobody is going to get out of this life without experiencing it all. Friendship is indeed a key to a successful, mindful life journey. And Dr. Setoff wrote, Having our friendship needs met doesn't happen by trying to make others meet them for us. It doesn't happen by us punishing them if they ignore us or don't listen, by abusing them if they don't seem to care, by threatening them if they don't protect or support us. Yet that is what we often do, isn't it? Punish others for not noticing, caring for, or appreciating us, especially in relationships. Just you wait. I'll give you the silent treatment. Ignore you. Shout at or slam you with abuse. I'll teach you. Of course, this actually makes matters worse as it destroys what friendship we have left. One more nail in the coffin of our relationship. Put simply, our friendship needs get met best by us focusing on just meeting them in others. Winfred and I would have you remember 
when we find the similarities that bind us together in our human hopes to experience love, prosperity, health, and happiness, we make the friendship key more effective and find greater ways to share, cooperate, and find the common good. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, and my soon-to-be-released book, A New Life Awaits, and invite you to visit my website to read about and listen to authors, visionaries, metaphysicians, scientists, spiritualists, physicians, and psychologists, and those in the arts and music discuss insights into our energetic and physical life qualities so we may once again know who we are, where life comes from, and improve our personal and collective lives. Stories. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.